individually, but he's doing a great thing in this church corporately. And um, we're glad that you're here to be a part of what God is doing. Uh, today, this afternoon at 5 p.m., we will have our vision partnership class. And uh, we're excited about seeing the faces that are going to be connecting and hooking up with what God is doing in this city. Amen. Uh, God is not doing anything small. He never has done anything small, and he's not doing anything small today. And um, so regardless of what we see today, regardless of what we're around, uh, we have an opportunity to get, get in uh, to be a part of what God is doing, and, and he's doing something big. And um, so we're excited to see people hook up with what God is doing. We're excited to see this church growing, and um, we're going to change the world. Amen. We've been taking this month, uh, this has been our vision month, and we've been talking about the vision of this church specifically, how we get to see that vision come to pass, how we get to see uh, everything that God has placed within our hearts. How do we actually get it to see come out in the natural? Amen. And uh, so we've taken time this month to discuss vision a little bit and discuss uh, the vision specifically for this church, what God has given us. And remember we said this about vision, that uh, we cannot confuse vision with sight. And uh, most people are only driven by what they see, and they're never actually moved by the vision that God has given them. And when God gives you vision, it's always based upon something you don't currently see. When we're only moved by sight, then we're only moved by what is, is currently, what our current situation is, what we've currently got going on, what God is doing in our lives today. But God has always moved people by vision, not by sight. You'll never find anywhere in the Bible where he tells you to be moved by what your current situation is. He never tells you uh, to just operate in where you're currently at. That's why he went to Abraham and he called him a father of many nations before his natural current state ever showed anything that was remotely close to being a father of many nations. He wasn't a father of many nations. He, was only, he wasn't even a father of one child. But yet he picks that man and says, I've given you a vision to be a father of many nations. And so he's speaking to vision. Why? Because God always speaks to your future, not to your past or your present. See, we get around people so much that only speak to us based upon our past or our present. They know who we used to be. They know who we are today. And they look at you and say, you don't have enough education. You did this in, your, in the past, and uh, you did this, and you, know, you had this happen. And they can only look at you based upon your past or your present. But God always speaks to us based upon our future. Amen? God has something that he sees in us that hasn't yet come to pass, but he knows I've given you every resource and you have everything available in your life to make that come to pass. You just got to stand on my word. And so God gives us vision because vision always moves us to enter in and to do what God has placed in our hearts. And in, and in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, we saw this, that uh, he told the prophet there, Write down the vision and make it clear. Why? So people could read it? So people could see it? No, he said so that the people may be able to run with the vision. Vision is always meant to be run with. Vision is never meant to just stand still and look at it and say, I wish I could do that one day. Vision is to ignite a passion inside of you to see that happen, even though right now it's not happening in your life. And so when we're communicating vision, it's so that people can come alongside and say, I want to hook up with that. I want to get, a, I want to get 
uh, to be a part of what God is doing and what God is wanting to do. So when I speak about vision, I'm not speaking about things that you currently see today. I'm not speaking about buildings we're currently in. I'm not speaking about people that we're currently ministering to. I'm not speaking about ministries that we currently have in operation today. I'm talking about things that we aren't doing yet, things that we haven't uh, even entered in yet. But when you see the vision, then it says, yeah, I want to be a part of reaching the lost in that city. I want to be a part of, of uh, reaching the kids that are on, VSU, on the campus of VSU. I want to be a part of changing the high schools and changing the middle schools and changing the elementary schools. I want to be a part of changing people's lives in Valdosta, Georgia. So we write down the vision and we make it clear. And we said that our vision specifically is in three parts. It's one, to ignite the city. That's the first thing God has called us to do. Ignite the city. You can't ignite something that you haven't ignited where you're at. This thing is going to spread from where we currently are. And so we're called to ignite the city. The, the second impact of our vision of Anchor Faith Church as a whole is to impact the nation. And we're doing that today, starting right here in Valdosta, Georgia. We started in St. Augustine, Florida, nine and a half years ago. It's almost 10 years now. April will be 10 years. We ignited the city, but God began to show us a vision that was beyond where we're currently at. And I told you all many times when I moved there in 2004, the vision was huge. The vision was beyond where we were. We were 17 people meeting in a middle school. But God said, you're going to ignite the city, you're going to impact the nation, and you're going to influence the world. And so now we have moved into that phase of impacting the nation and then influencing the world. We've already begun. We've got a church that's in Puerto Rico right now. It's been there a little over two years. We've been doing ministry predominantly in Nicaragua, and we'll continue that to spread that throughout the Caribbean. That's the vision of this ministry. That's the vision of this church. And so what is, why do we have to communicate that? Why do you have to see that? Because it's beyond where we're at today. You've got to remember that when you walk in through these uh, doors and you enter into these four walls, the vision is beyond where we're at right now. And you've got to know that when I'm hooking up with that church, when I'm connecting there, I'm not just connecting with what's happening at this location, this address. I'm connecting with something that's way bigger. The vision is bigger than all of us, but it requires each one of us. We've been saying that. The vision is bigger than all of us. The vision is bigger, whether you support financially, whether you support with your time and your resources, whether you support in prayer and faith. It's bigger than what just one individual person can do. But God wants others to hook up because that's how he operates. That's how he gets his kingdom into the earth. Amen. And so these are things that we've been looking at today. I want to talk to you about changing the world. Changing the world. Everyone wants to be a world changer. I haven't met very many people that say, you know what, I just want to go through life. I don't really want people to know me. I don't want really to have a whole lot of influence. I don't really want to make a big impact on my community or my world or the world. You know, I just kind of want to just keep to myself. Most people that I've met, they know there's something inside of them that if they could get it out and put it into the right, uh, the, the right system, the right resources, I could have a great impact not only with the people that I know, but with people that I may never see, people that I may never touch. Everyone wants to be a world changer. Everybody knows inside of them there's something more than just living my life for myself. 
So how do we change the world? How do we individually change the world? Today I want to show you that the church, the church, is the only way that we have been designed as individuals to change the world. There are many projects and many systems and many things out there uh, in the world today that claim to be changing the world. But we want to make positive influence in the world. And I want to show you today that the church is the answer for that. Look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is getting ready to ascend up into heaven. This is after his death, burial, and resurrection. And he's meeting with his remaining disciples, the 11. He's meeting with them because he's getting ready to ignite the most powerful entity on the face of the planet. He's getting ready to set into motion the thing that is going to change the entire world. He's asking the church to do something that even he himself didn't do while he was on the planet. And that was to go places that he didn't even go. Look what he says here. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. This is the entrance of the church. He is telling the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait for him. And we know that uh, they did the whole bring 10 people to church thing. And so 12 became 120. And in that upper room was the day the church was ignited. And this is him commissioning the church. He says, and go to the end of the earth. He didn't say there is a limit for this thing. He didn't say, you know, we're just going to go as far as we can, just minister as me. No, he says this thing ought to be reaching to the furthest corners of the earth. He's talking about the church here. He's not just talking about the 12 individuals that are listening, listening to him talk right here. He's saying what this thing is getting ready to do, it needs to go everywhere. The, the, the message that I'm giving you to preach, it needs to go all over the earth, all around the world. That was the extent of the church. In essence, he's saying this, the church has no limits. The church is powerful, full of power, not powerless. This is the people that he is setting in place to start the greatest work on the face of the planet, his church. And so he's sending his people out and right off the top, he's commissioning them to go around the world. So everywhere the church is, people are to be impacted. Everywhere there's a church, people's lives ought to be changed. That's why we're here. We're not here to make a name for ourselves. We're not here to get large buildings and lots of property and, and uh, you know, uh, do something for ourselves. Everything we do is so that we can minister to people so that we can now change our communities and our worlds. The church was never set up, set up to just take care of itself. The church was set up to be an answer for society, an answer for the world. This is the greatness that God has placed inside the church. So everywhere there's a church... They should be impacting the people's lives 
in that area. People don't build the church. People don't build the church. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, I will build my church. He's building his church. He's building his church. People don't build the church. The church builds people. And that's why we're here. We're here to restore marriages that are broken. We're here to bring people purpose and direction in life that feel that they have lost everything. We're here to bring people hope. We're here to help people discover real life. The church is not built by people. The church builds people. We're here to build people's lives. We're here to set up a foundation so that now you can build your life around that and around the word of God, around the only foundation that will never fail, never crumble, never go away. And that's God's word. And that's why we're here. And we can't ever lose sight of that. Look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15. When you get the reality of what church is, you won't want to miss. You won't want to be away. You'll be looking for that place to connect to. You'll, looking for, you'll be looking for that place to hook up and say, that's where I need to give my all. That's where I need to give myself. That's where all my gifts and talents and resources that are within me, that's where it's going to get drawn out. That's what church is supposed to be doing. John chapter 15, in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So let me break this down real quick. What is fruit? Fruit is the result of your life. The Bible says that you can bear bad fruit or you can bear good fruit. But everyone's bearing fruit. And if you're not bearing fruit that's in accordance with the vine, then you'll be cut off. So where he's going here is he's saying, this is how you get to bear fruit in your life. If you go into church saying, what's in it for me? I'm about to tell you. Church is to help you bear fruit in your life when you go back out those doors. We don't do church. We don't go to church. We don't play church. We are the church. A church is not a building. It's not a location or an event. Church is a people. You are the church. I like to put it this way. The church came to 2314 Highway 84 today. You are the church. And we are just assembling in one place, as Hebrews 10 tells us to. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together with the saints. We have to be coming together. But when we walk back out there, we're still the church. And we're still required to operate as the church. You can be the church in Target. You can be the church at Walmart. You can be the church on your job. You can be the church at home with your kids and as a, as a wife or as a husband. You are the church. 
And the church is to be bringing heaven to earth. We've been equipped with everything to change the world. Why do we need to change the world? Because the world right now is not in a very good state, if you haven't noticed. The church is uh, here to change what we currently see in the earth. The church is here to bring hope to people's lives. Because there's nothing in this world that can give them the hope that God wants to give them. The church is here to bring peace. Because there's nothing in this earth that will give you peace. There's not a better government that will give you peace. There's not a better health care system that will give you peace. A better job will not give you peace. More money will not give you peace. A nicer car or a better house. A different spouse. They will not give you peace. Only God can give you peace. Only heaven can bring peace. And so the church is here to show people in the world, here's what real peace looks like. Here's what real hope looks like. Here's what real life looks like. And that's how you change the world. But the church is made up of individuals. We individually have to bear fruit. And so Jesus is saying here, if you individually as a branch on the vine want to bear fruit, then you have to be connected to the vine. And who's the vine? Jesus. Let's keep going. Verse 4. Chapter 15, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Many people are trying to change the world, but they are missing the most important ingredient to changing the world. And that's getting hooked up with something that changes the world. He's saying right here, you cannot bear fruit outside of being hooked up with me. So we got to be hooked up with Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches and a, a branch that falls off of the vine will not bear fruit. But as long as you stay connected to the vine, then the individual branches will bear fruit. It is impossible. It is impossible to bear fruit outside of being connected to the vine. Verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Watch this. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Without being connected to the vine, without being connected to Jesus, you can do nothing. Now, most of us, we believe that, and we don't have a problem believing that. Yeah, I got to have Jesus. I got to have Jesus. I got to have Jesus in my life. If you agree with that, let me see your hand. I I need Jesus. Without Jesus, I I have to have Jesus to bear fruit. Amen. Amen. That's what the word says. Without me, you can do nothing. Let's keep going. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Let's look at that real quick. Bearing fruit. When you bear fruit in your life, God is glorified. God gets the glory. When we bear fruit in our lives individually, God is the one that's receiving the glory. It's not about us. It's not about me and you. It's just about doing our part, playing our role, and then God gets the glory. God gets the credit. Why? Because when we lift him up, all men are drawn to him. When we lift him up, people's lives are changed. That's why I tell people, I can't do anything for you. You didn't come here to hear me, Pastor Mark, this morning. You came here to experience God, and I'm just doing my part, my fit, as, God, as it pleases the Holy Spirit. We had people up here on this stage doing their part, operating in their fit, as it pleases Him, and God gets the glory. We have people right now working next door with our children, and God gets the glory. We have people wearing usher badges, doing their part, operating in their fit, and God gets the glory. God gets the glory when each individual is bearing fruit, bearing fruit and doing their part. Operating in their fit. Why? Because we are individual branches that are hooked up, connected to the vine of Jesus. Amen? Romans chapter 12. Now I want to define Jesus. I want to define Jesus according to God's word. Because being connected to Jesus, sometimes we feel connected with Jesus when we're really not. And I want to define what being connected to Jesus really looks like. Because again, as we just saw, outside of Jesus, we can't do anything. Without being connected to the vine, the branch can't bear any fruit. We are all individual branches connected to the vine of Jesus. But who is Jesus? What is Jesus? If we're talking about Jesus the man, he's not here. Jesus the man ascended into heaven and he is seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. So how can we be connected with Jesus who is sitting in heaven, and we're here on the earth. So I want to define what that looks like to be connected to Jesus, and this is where you'll begin to find out that the church is your greatest asset in your life, that you won't want to be without church. You won't want to be without a church that you're hooked up, connected to, because you're going to find out that being connected to the church will bring out that greatness, will help you bear that fruit in your life. 12, verse 5. Romans chapter 12, verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Although we individually are many, we are the body of Christ and members of each other. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if the branch is separated from 
the vine, it will bear no fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. First Corinthians, or, uh, Ephesians. No, 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Are you seeing a pattern here? That Christ is the body. Jesus is the body. But the body is made up of many members. If you look at your body, your individual natural body, you are one body, but you are made up of many different members that make up the body. I have a hand. I have arms. I have feet. I have things that you can see, but I also have things you can't see. I have lungs. I have a heart. I have a brain. I have bones and muscles, joints and ligaments. And all these things are individual members, but they make up one body. Jesus' body is the same way. I like to put it this way. Jesus, the man, went to heaven, but Jesus left his body in the earth in the form of his church. We are the body of Christ. Go on down to verse 27. Chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members, branches, individually. We are individual members of the whole body of Christ. That's who we are. We are individual branches that are connected to the vine, Jesus. I've got one more, Ephesians. Two more, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 1. We're connecting the dots. We're putting it all together for you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, to the church, to the church, verse 23, which is his body. To the church, which is his body. The church is the body of Christ. The church being made of made up of many individual members is the whole one body of Christ. We individually make up the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is his church. See, that's why we say the church is not a, a location or an event. It's not a place. It is a people. The church is a person. The church is the body of Christ in the earth today. If you want to know what the church is, be do, is supposed to be doing, look at what Jesus was doing. Because Jesus, although 
he, the man, left the earth and went to heaven. He left his body in the form of his church, and he said, now go all over the earth. The things that I've been doing in this location, I want you to take, and I want you to spread it all over the earth. This is how you change the world. This is how he changes the world. Jesus is wanting to work and operate in the earth still today, but he's doing it differently than he did when he was here. Now he's doing it in the form of his church. He said, go to Judea, go to Samaria, go to the ends of the earth. What Jesus did being one person, he is now wanting the church to do being many different individuals, many members, many branches. But he says this, you have to remain connected to the vine. If you don't remain connected to the vine, then you won't bear fruit. You won't be able to do what I'm asking you to do. You will not change the world. There's many programs out there that claim that they can change the world. But I'm here to tell you today, there's only one entity. There's only one system. There's only one operation that God has put in place in the earth that will change the world, and that is his church. Period. You know, sometimes we say things like, man, the church needs to do this, and the church needs to do that. We are the church. We individually make up the corporate church. So watch this. Being connected corporately allows us to bear fruit individually. Being connected to the church corporately allows us to individually now bear fruit in our lives, and that's how we become world changers. We've been playing videos the last couple of weeks. We just had teams that went to Nicaragua. We had another team that went to Puerto Rico doing ministry down there in the, in the locations that we have. And you saw people in the videos that actually went, actually uh, packed bags and got on planes and went there and were actually doing ministry in those locations. But I want to tell you this. You didn't see everybody that was involved in changing the world. Because there were people that gave financially that helped people get over there. There were people that were at home praying for those ministries and praying for those organizations. And they're not in that video. You have people that are uh, helping bring resource and bring time. And you don't see those people. Because while Pastor Earl was over there ministering, there was somebody in St. Augustine preaching at that location bringing their gift, and being the individual member that now allows us to corporately do what we're called to do. There's more world changers than the ones that you saw in those videos that were actually on site. That was just the ones that were actually sent there. But there were people that were still helping change the world from miles and miles away. That never got on a plane. That never put a backpack on. They never had communication with someone in Spanish that had to be interpreted back to them. But yet they still changed the world. Yet they're still world changers. Why? Because they were individually doing their part that allowed us corporately to do our part. Ephesians chapter 4. I just want to finish out this thought. 
that the church is Jesus in the earth today. Man, that, need, that person needs Jesus. That person needs the church. I know it's a bold saying, but you are Jesus in the earth today. Go look in the book of Acts. Everything the disciples did, Jesus did. And the great thing about it is when Jesus was on the earth, that was one person doing those miracles. That was one person calming storms. That was one person bringing hope and restoration to people's lives. But now he has given that same power and authority to the church, Matthew chapter 16. You will have the keys to the kingdom. That's what Jesus said. Why? So now many individuals can be doing what I did. Did he not say in John chapter 14, verse 12, the works that I do, you will do, and even greater works. Did he not say that? That's the word. That's Jesus speaking. Greater. How can you do something greater than raise the dead? That always stumbled me. That always, you know, tripped me up. How can I do something greater? And we're trying to think of a work, an individual single act that is greater than raising the dead. And he was saying not greater in, in, in the actual act, greater in the fact that many more people will be doing what I was doing. It's amazing to think that all that is written of Jesus. And John said that there's so many things that he did and so many miracles and so many signs that took place that we couldn't even write them all. There's, if the sky was the tablet and the water of the ocean was the ink, we would run out. That's what one man did in three and a half years. And now we carry the same power and authority as his church. And what one man did, now many people can do. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Every joint supplies. Jesus is the head of the church. I have a head, but you don't differentiate my head from my body. You don't say, hello, Pastor Mark, and hello, body. The whole thing is Pastor Mark. We don't differentiate Jesus from his head and from his body. We don't say Jesus the head and then the body, the church. The body is the church. So, if Jesus wants to get anything done in the earth today, guess what? He has to use his body. And that's where you and I come in. Because he says, the vine, I am the vine, you're the branch. And the branch is supposed to bear fruit. The branch is supposed to change the world. The branch is supposed to bring help, hope and restore, uh, restoration to people. The branch is supposed to be bringing life. But the branch can't do that if it's not connected to Jesus. 
I'm going to tell you something today. You can't be connected to Jesus if you're not connected to his body, the church. Period. You will not be effective for the kingdom of God. You will not bear fruit as a branch if you're not connected to the vine, Jesus. And we just saw that Jesus' body is the church. I'll tell you right now, I don't know how many people I have talked to that found the greatest fulfillment in life, not from a job, not from a career, not from a salary, not from a a marriage or having a certain amount of kids, but they found their greatest fulfillment in life from finding a local church and hooking up and being a part of what they're doing. Because here's the thing. When you connect with the church, you're not just connecting with an organization or a ministry. You're connecting with a move of God. When you connect with us, when you become a vision partner and you partner with the vision that God has given us, you are connecting with what God is doing, not with what we're doing. We're all individually just doing what God has called us to do. Look at this. You know, many times I've said this, that the vision of this church began in 2004. That's when we first opened doors as Anchor Faith Church. And now we began in St. Augustine, Florida in a middle school. We grew there and then we expanded to uh, Valdosta, Georgia. And now we're here. And then we expanded to Puerto Rico and there's much more expansion taking place. But Acts chapter 1, verse 8 that we just read, that's really where the vision started. Do you realize that you are actually just getting involved with what Jesus told his disciples to go do in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Be witnesses of me to the ends of the earth. Ultimately, when you break it down, igniting the city, impact the nation, influence the world, and whatever other vision we uh, get as we go along in this thing, ultimately, we are being witnesses of him to the ends of the earth. We are all hooking up with what Jesus called his church to do in the very beginning. Go and wait for me. Go and pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. Go and tarry so that you can be witnesses of me in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's what you're doing. You're not partnering with an individual You're not just going somewhere because you have family members that go there or because you have friends that go there. You're going there because this place is going to change the world. This place is the vine that I need to hook up to as a branch. I'm not saying, obviously, that we are the only vine, obviously. But God has given us a vision that now allows us to individually be a part of what God is doing corporately. And this is where fulfillment comes. To be a part of what God is doing, you have to be connected to how God is doing it. And God is using one system today, and that's his church. The church, the church, his church, is the most powerful entity on the face of the planet. The church is so powerful That Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, we've always had this picture that Satan and hell are trying to stop the church. 
But that verse says that the gates of hell will not prevail. I want to change the picture from being on the defensive to the offensive. Everyone know the difference? Defense, you don't have the ball. You're trying to stop the ball. The other person has the ball, and you're trying to keep them from scoring. The offense, you have the ball. You're calling shots. You're calling the plays. And you're breaking through the defense that's trying to stop you. The church for too long has been in defensive mode. We don't have the ball. We're not calling the shots. We're just trying to keep Satan from darkening more of the world. We're trying to keep Satan from doing. No, Satan is trying to stop the church from what we're supposed to be doing. We have the ball. We're calling the shots. We have the power. And the Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail, meaning that they will not stop what his church is doing in the earth today. And we come in here and we feel safe and we, you know, we lock our doors up and say, Satan's not going to get to us. No, we're going to get to him. We're advancing the kingdom of God. We're bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth. Like God originally intended in Genesis chapter one. That's our call. Not our call as Anchor Faith Church. That's our call as the body of Christ, the church across the world. His church is trying to bring heaven to earth. Well, I want to do that. I, I, I want to help people. I want to bring hope to people. But, you know, I don't know about going to church. I don't know about, you know, connecting, you know, and then you got to serve. And then, you know, they ask you to do different things. And then you got to be there all the time. And, and then, you know, you, you know. That's what God's asking us to do. And his word says that you will be powerless. You will be fruitless. You will be unfruitful if you're not connected to the vine, Jesus, the body, his church. You know, a firefighter, when they go in and they save a life, they save someone from a fire. The firefighter is the one that's saving them as a whole. And no one comes out and says, wow, look what his arms did. Or look what his legs did walking out of there. Look what his shoulders did holding that person up on. Man, that was so awesome how his shoulders. But see, we, we've, we've done that to the church. We've made it about individuals rather than about the whole body. See, the, the firefighter is the one that saved them. Jesus is the one that is saving people out of hell. And you know how he's doing it? He's using his arms. He's using his hands. He's using his feet. He's using his voice. Because we make up the whole body of Jesus. And you know when that firefighter comes out, uh, you know, his, his, his legs and his shoulders don't get into an argument of which one did more work. Well, I was the one that walked out. Well, I was the one that was holding the person up. And the hands don't come in and say, man, I wish I could have been the shoulder. I didn't get to hold anybody up. 
right? Because that's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The hand doesn't say to the foot, I don't need you. Eye doesn't say to the ear, I wish I was an ear. No, because we're all members individually. And guess what? When one wins, we all win. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. Because we're connected and joined together as the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is the one that is saving lives. The body of Christ is the one that's redeeming and bringing restoration and hope and life and peace. Not Pastor Mark. You know, the muscles don't say, man, nobody even saw what I was doing. I was doing all the work. Right? Yet we get people that are behind the scenes in church that feel like they don't get enough credit or they don't get enough of the accolades. They just care about the worship team. They just care about the pastor. They just care about all the different teachers that are on staff. I'm just a children's worker. No, it's all necessary to help accomplish the vision. You know, there's guys that win championships and World Series and NBA Finals, that some of them, they never even stepped on the field the entire season. But guess what? They get a ring. There's people that never stepped on the field and never got their name called out, never got a highlight reel, like trainers and coaches, but they get a ring. Why? Because they serve their part as an individual and they got connected with something that was bigger than what they were, bigger than who they are, but they said, I'm just going to bring my support. I'm going to bring my fit. I'm going to be the conditioning guy, and I'm going to help get these guys ready to do what they need to do, and I'm going to be the trainer, and I'm going to help train them and make sure they're doing the right exercises and staying healthy and eating right, and I'm going to be the coach, and I'm going to make sure I'm calling the right place. There's guys that they're up in boxes way up high calling plays. You maybe never see them, but they're just as much a part of the team as the quarterback that wins the MVP trophy. This is how the body of Christ should be operating. And none of those players win any more than the team wins. And none of them are fruitful. That quarterback is not fruitful if he doesn't have someone to throw to at the other end. This is what we got to understand. The church is a corporate thing. The church is a big thing that requires each of us to individually do our part, play our role, get connected with what God is doing. And when God gives someone a vision saying, I'm coming alongside that, I'm hooking up, I'm connecting because I want to be a part of the body that is changing the world. You want to be a world changer? Get hooked up with the church that's changing the world. You want to individually change the world? Get hooked up with something that's corporately changing the world. But we will not be fruitful outside of that. We will not be fruitful on our own. We will not be fruitful outside of being connected to the church, his church, the body of Christ. The vine is the source. You understand the vine gives life. I know people that aren't in church. I know people that aren't connected to a church, but they still have the same desire that I do. I want to change the world. But you know what? They don't have the same life source that I do. 
They're not getting the same word and the same ingredients and the same nutrients. Well, I do it on my own. I watch so-and-so on TV. I watch them on the internet. But they're not serving anywhere. They don't have godly fellowship that they're partaking of week after week. They don't have daily fellowship with, with uh, someone that they're connected with, that they're accountable to, that, that's helping develop them and grow them up. You see, that vine helps bring life to the branch so that the branch can then in turn bear fruit. And I know those people that they do home church and they, they stay at home and they watch it on the TV or watch on the internet and since they're receiving no life, they're bearing no fruit. Because that wasn't God's intention. God's intention was that you hook up to the vine, his son, who is still in the earth today in the form of his church. And that's how you receive life. And that's how you, in turn, change the world. Every time you help that coworker at work that just seems to always be having trouble and things are just always going wrong and you just keep speaking the word over them, you're, you're changing the world. And then every time the church that you're hooked up with is doing something and people's lives are being changed, people are coming into the kingdom, people are coming to know Jesus, you're changing the world. Because it goes both ways. That's God's intention. That's how his church is to operate. Chase, if you'd come. We've been talking all month about vision. And there's many times as the pastor that it can seem overwhelming. But I have to remind myself that Noah must have been overwhelmed. Abraham must have been overwhelmed. Moses must have been overwhelmed. And he was an emotional guy and he showed it. David was overwhelmed. Paul was overwhelmed. These men that God used throughout the Bible, he was constantly speaking to them and talking to them about something that was not currently tangible, natural, in operation. He was talking to them about something that was bigger than the one person. He's talking to Noah about building an ark that would save eight people and start the work over that he intended to start in Genesis chapter 1. He's talking to one person, Moses, that would save over a million Israelites from 430 years of slavery who would then move into the promised land and become his nation once again. He's talking to one person, Jesus, to redeem the entire world. But the exciting thing was that every time he talked to one person, he got people to come alongside them and help run with the vision he gave them. And God has given us a vision here at Anchor Faith Church, right here in Valdosta. God has called us to do a work that I'll tell you right now is bigger than myself, bigger than my wife and I, 
bigger than the people we currently have hooked up. And I know that God is calling people. I know that God is, is beginning to show people what it means to change the world. And every person that he's brought along our path, it has been ordained by the Holy Spirit. We have people that help in so many different ways. We have people that go above and beyond financially. We have people that go above and beyond with their time. Showing up on a Monday saying, what can I do to help you today? I have a day off. I've got time off. We got people that help in, in serving in different areas, talents and gifts and abilities that they have that help us communicate the gospel, spread the gospel. We have people that help with planning things, planning events, designing. It's all for the vision. I'm not moved by anything else than the vision God has given us. Today's day and age, church has become cool again. Cooler really than it's ever been. But I'm not moved by trying to look cool and be cool and act cool and, and have the hippest thing going on and the right lights and the, the, the best sounding instruments and the best uh, you know, uh, guitarists and the, the best graphics. I'm moved by what the Holy Spirit is doing. And God wants to operate in excellence and he brings those people alongside us to do different things. We've got people moving here from other locations to be a part of what God is doing. We've got people that are right here in this city that God is drawing to say, this is where you need to, get, this is where you need to connect. This is where you need to hook up. You've got a gift. You've got an ability that can help them. And in turn, they're going to help you bear fruit. They're going to invest in your life. They're going to develop you. They're going to bring greatness out of you. That's why today is one of the most exciting days of my life as a pastor, because we get to do vision partnership. We don't call it membership. We call it partnership because partnership is a two-way street. You are partnering with what God is doing here. You're saying, I've got gifts, talents, and abilities. You may not even know what capacity you can serve and help out, but God will reveal that to you. There are people serving us today that in the beginning thought, I don't have anything to give. There's nothing I can do. I don't have any gifts or talents. And today, God is revealing to them, this is an area you're going to be an asset in. But then the partnership is that we are partnering with you so that you as a husband, as a father, as a worker, as a co-worker, as an employee, as an employer, now you can operate at your greatest level in your area. And we're here as your as your guard, as your protection. Every, every sheep needs a shepherd. Everyone. And this is the day that I get to express my heart, my value for his church, my value for God's people, my value for being a shepherd and, and bringing more sheep into the sheepfold. And we are leading people to change the world. I have a great value for what God is doing here. And I have a great value for every single person that God brings along our side.
to help us advance the vision and the kingdom of God in this city. And I promise you, I promise you, you won't find any greater fulfillment. You may have all the money in the world today, but you won't find any greater fulfillment. You may have the best job, the the, the job you've always wanted, working with great people, but you won't find any greater fulfillment. Because deep down inside every single person on the face of this planet, he has put within them greatness to hook up with the vision, to be a part of his church, and to be the answer for their city. We're going to change this city. We're going to change these communities. We're going to change this state. We're going to change this nation. We're going to change this world for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. Father, I thank you for the great vision you have called us to ignite this city, to impact this nation, to influence the world. But Father, I thank you for every individual that you have called, that you are calling, and those that we don't even know yet, Father. The vision was always meant to be run with. The vision was always meant to be answered. The vision requires your people, people of God, people that say, I just want to give whatever I have. I may not have much, but God, you are great at doing something awesome with something little. So, Father, I thank you right now that you're moving upon people's hearts to connect, to grow, to learn, to receive life so that in turn we can give life. Father, I thank you today for the greatness that is inside of this church and that even though today it may seem small, it may seem insignificant, Father, you have put greatness inside of this body. You've called us to do great things and Father, you are faithful to your word. You said that when you're Word goes out, it will not return void. It will accomplish everything that you have called it to do. So, Father, I thank you for the promises you have given us. I thank you for the words you have spoken over us, and I thank you that they will be accomplished. They will come to pass. We will come to know life in life more abundantly. We honor you. We praise you. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. We thank you for all that you are doing and going to continue to do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.